Just because I cannot see it doesn't mean I can't believe it. You know, I think this Christmas thing is not as tricky as it seems. And why should they have all the fun? It should belong to anyone. Not anyone, in fact, but me. Why, I can make a Christmas tree. And there's no reason I can buy. I couldn't have a Christmas time. I bet I could approve it too. And that's exactly what I'll do. <laughs> Eureka! This year, Christmas will be ours! another episode of your favorite podcast ever the fear of god um with you on this 66th episode uh here in the 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 second half the the penultimate if you will episode of a very burton a scary burton christmas i don't have the, the name in front of me so i'm just pulling from memory there um the penultimate episode of a scary burton christmas which began with edward scissorhands followed last week by batman returns today we are talking about a wonderful little gem from 1993 a nightmare before christmas uh the nightmare before christmas i should say um with you right now is is one of your regular pair of hosts Nathan Rouse. Also with me today, uh, you know him as Reed Lackey. I know him as the one hiding under the stairs with fingers like snakes and spiders in his hair. This is Reed Lackey. This is Reed Lackey. <laughs> spiders in my hair? Like, yeah. honestly? Yeah. You had that, I know that's in the song, but you could have cut that part out. I didn't, oh, I didn't want, I yeah. didn't want well, spiders in my hair. Well, I have arachnophobia. We talked about this. Yeah. Like, yeah. There you oh, go. Oh, man. Welcome to the show, Reed. Well, thank you. Now I appreciate you it. brushed all those arachnids out of your out dome. Of my, out of my dome. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas Nathan. to you, my yeah, friend. This is... Uh, Merry Christmas to all of you. Merry Guess Christmas what? to everybody. We can say it. You can say it. Anyone can say it. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You always Merry could. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> the words are there, and you can utter them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but sincerely, so we are, as you mentioned, we're in the throes of a scary Burton Christmas, and we are conversing about uh, a nightmare, the nightmare before Christmas right now. Um, this is the most sort of obvious in the Tim Burton, scary Burton Christmas entries. But before we dive too deep into that, um, uh, we're going we're gonna to forego the watch and read and listen to, you know, give a present to our listeners, give a Christmas present to our <laughs> listeners. Um, but I, I, I want to, I want you to, f- to fill in the blank for me on a specific 
statement. Me or them? Uh, you. Okay. Listeners do this as well. <laughs> Listeners uh, respond in Call the, in. Yeah. We'll wait. We're going to be waiting a while. So, no, sincerely, uh, uh, fill in this blank or finish this statement. It's not Christmas until blank. And if you need a minute, then then I'll give you a minute. But it's not Christmas until blank. What's the thing that sort of starts your Christmas mood, your Christmas season? What is that um, I'd say it's a bit twofold for anyone in the Charlotte region who has known me long. Um, uh I produce a Christmas-themed play, a piece of theater called *The Birth*. Um, it's it will have compl- when this airs, it will have completed its twelfth year. Goodness gracious! I need to sit down and figure out exactly. Uh, you start to lose track after the ten. Um, uh, that's a little bit of a cop out because. I would say for better or for worse, it's largely for worse. It's hard for me throughout the year not to think about that show. And so, but the performing of it puts me, centers me, puts me in the sort of Christmas zone in a way like few other things can in terms of just pure traditions around that time of year, around this time of year, rather breaking out with the kids, uh, Emmett Otter's jug band Christmas. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, like, they, there may come a moment where they say, Dad, we just don't like this. One, I'll be really sad if they call me Dad as opposed to Daddy like they do now. Oh. Um, B, like, I grew up on that movie. So it is a staple uh, of that season. And so, sure. um, you know, kind of, kind of that. In terms of the family life, that's the feeling of, okay, Christmas is now in process underway yeah, right yeah. right right for me what's funny is there's a very this is a very specific thing is as i'm driving around town when i start to see the christmas lights mm-hmm. or christmas wreaths when i begin to see that the town has taken on the persona of christmas uh that's when i begin to really sort of start to feel the season and uh, there's something about that i mean my definitive answer to it's not Christmas until would be until I hear some snippet or full song of the refrain from the score from a Charlie Brown Christmas that mm-hmm. when I, when I hear that musical score, that's when it's now it's Christmas time um, at some, at some point. Um, so, you know, it's Christmas all year long. If I watch certain episodes of arrested development, yeah, because yeah, then yeah, I can yeah, hear yeah, that strain, yeah. you know, and then it's Christmas every day. Um, but no, sincerely that, that like, so I love when I see the town start to transform into mm-hmm. Christmas town. Sure. And then when I hear the, the refrain of the, the, the kind of melancholy, but right. jazzy right. little piano, I just, it's, it's the holidays. It's Christmas at that point, And I'm, um, you know, filled with, Flooded with emotion. So, like, being. if by some weird happenstance it, it happened that you didn't hear that out in the world... We'd you, skip Christmas. I was going to say, <laughs> it just doesn't happen. No, no. I mean, I happen. own it, so it would never not happen. Right. I mean, I'm in control. But do you have this, like, active, like, I haven't heard it yet. I now have to hear it. Yes. And uh, the trio kicks in. Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I, I do. Like, at a certain point, I'm like, okay, it's it's... It's December fifteenth. I've got to listen to this. You know, like right, right. You know, at a certain point, I don't know if it would ever stretch that far, but at a certain point, it does reach the okay. I need to. I need to pull this up and listen to well, it. Well, that soundtrack period has entered just the, the standard rotation of our Christmas home life. Oh yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a wonderful. great score. Yeah, it's absolutely wonderful, and it's a great. It's a great <clears> album to <throat> to put on while you're 
doing other things. Like it's a great album to like, like if watching him out or drink my Christmas. N- well, it'd be a little conflicting. Oh, okay. there. But no, if you have, if you're entertaining guests, if you're decorating Christmas cookies, if you're doing, you know, anything that you're doing, uh, that's Christmas related or just, you know, want to have right. something on in the background it, during that season, it's perfect for it. It's perfect for anything. Cause it's, it's there. We should- but turn it on now like have it in the background you want to have it on the background while we're talking talking. (laughs) yeah that would be so distracting (laughs) um but the uh so yeah for me the it's not christmas until i hear uh charlie brown christmas score usually preferably while watching emmett otter's joke band christmas as you Mm, mentioned you know so well it's funny like it's not funny it's sad i you know christmas in reality or just in our hearts and spirits has such freight to it. Right. And you naturally associate kind of a certain energy in the air, perhaps uh, a, a certain weather, you know, cooler weather, that sort of thing, such that when Christmas, the actual holiday passes, there's such a just malaise. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the world. Yeah. You all suck. Oh man, January second, least least happy day of the year. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, so so, but for many people, Christmas doesn't begin until this film that we're talking about uh, at some point comes on. It's 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 a really well. We'll get into this in just a second. First of all, listeners, if if our voices are a little subdued, I notice Nathan and I are both kind of kind of muzzled at the moment it's because there's sleeping people in my home so the, so bear with us if we, if we're sounding a little subdued like oh they're really sleepy time it's it's <laughs> no it's, we it's, just it's, have our we have our cider our little our little apple yeah, cider hot, it's, hot apple cider we're by the fire it's, it's a, crackling yeah chestnuts roasting yes. i don't even know how to roast chestnuts i'm <laughs> not even sure i bought the right thing um but uh but but this film itself um it just as a as a concept for a story is really quite brilliant. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, like, and, and as a marketing thing, I mean, it covers Halloween and Christmas. Right. Like you can, like right. you can watch it at any, really at any span in sure. that, in that three month period of time. And it feel appropriate right. to some degree. Um, so yeah, I mean, conceptually it's fantastic. Did you know that Burton who used to animate for Disney, that's mm-hmm. where he got his start. Um, well, I don't know if it was his very first job, but you know, prominent under uh, Disney Animation, and he developed this while at Disney, and pitched it to Disney, and Disney was like, "We're not going to do that." Right? Like they they rejected the the concept outright. Suddenly, Burton directs Batman. Burton directs Beetlejuice. Burton directs you know uh, Batman Returns, which we talked about last week. You know, and now suddenly he's Tim Burton. Right. And now like. Oh yeah, we're interested in the property. Sure. You know? Now, one thing that I have not done research on, uh, it's it's an oft uh, fun quoted trivial bit uh, by a multitude of people that I know uh, that Tim Burton did not actually direct this. So right. so Henry Selick is credited as the director, and I don't want to take I don't want to minimize in any capacity the directorial duties that Henry Selick. Uh, brought to the table because I, I mean he also directed James and the Giant Peach. I mean he's a, he's a, he's a good director, right? But um, this has Burton's staple all over it. I mean sure. the, the the character design, the layout of the the towns, the Halloween Town, Christmas Town, like everything has Burton written well, all to, over it. To to piggyback onto that, so the the origin point for it was a poem 
Burton wrote called The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, wow. I didn't and know that. initial attempts to figure out what it was going to be were things like a possible 30-minute kind of special or mm. a book, like a children's book. In fact, this will make perfect sense based on the conversation we've had before. Vincent Price was initially considered as the narrator. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, that said, if uh, in, in at least some of the reading I did actually does downplay Burton's involvement. In really? other words, the, the source point of the concept is clearly him. Mm. And I don't have the studio in front of me that, that it ultimately is with, but it's with Disney. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Selleck was encouraged, you know, use the Burton kind of, aesthetic motif and, and, right which he even cites as saying um that wasn't too hard for me I, I, you know we kind of operate on similar wavelengths mm. but the reason there's there's two primary reasons burton has minimal involvement um at least to read Selleck's reports one is he was shooting edward scissorhands at the same time oh wow okay and two is he did not like the laborious nature of stop motion oh and so wow. basically like kind of figureheaded the piece and and like you said it clearly has his his sort of fingerprint all over it right tonally visually right. conceptually imaginatively right. i mean the the movie poster i just verified this because i didn't want to speak yeah. out of turn it, the movie poster credits it as tim burton's sure. the nightmare before right, christmas right, right, so right. yeah definitely a figurehead on um but in terms of his directorial capacity i do think it was pretty minimal at least based on some of the reading I was doing. Which to is the point, interesting. To the point you referenced James and the Giant Peach, I think I've seen it. It's been years. I don't have... I, I could have Googled some of the images. The the Jack model is used for a Captain Jack in James and the Giant Peach. Oh, for real? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I'd have to look at it again. Um, which was directed by Selleck. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, it is pretty interesting to read kind of the... Just the process this film underwent to finally get the screen sure um, well and it's interesting that burton rejected stop motion because then he would later go on to direct corpse bride and frankenweenie sure to i think really strong films well in terms of i would i would hesitate to use the word that burton rejected the medium as much as at least when it came to his initial involvement in it it was like this is tedious he was directing scissor hands and and so you know uh, the bulk of that work fell to selick sure um, sure but it's funny you you reference this and this is this is in my likes dislikes but can be more of a did you have any other specific trivial bits you want uh to no nothing discuss? nothing major no um i do love kind of casting wise um you know all in the same burton wheelhouse so Catherine o'hara who's in Beatles right Jesus, right sally the voice of sally paul rubens is one of the voices of the lock shock and Bear, lock shock one and Bear, of them right right and in fact Catherine o'hara is also one of them yeah um, I think she's shock. I think he's lock. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm the, you know, like, I, I think that's really sure. Sure. There, but, hmm. um, but it is always interesting to me that, you know, I think it's Chris Sarandon is the name of, so, you know, uh, Jack has two different vocal performers. Right. Somebody one of speak. Is Danny Elfman. Right. Um, Danny Elfman you, does the singing. Do you know, does he, does he historically have vocal oh yeah other work yeah he's the lead singer of oingo boingo 
That's where he got his start. Yeah, it's a it's a pop band from the eighties. Okay. I mean, maybe got their start in the late seventies. I'd have to That's go wild. back and see. But but yeah, Danny Danny Elfman before he was composing music was the lead singer and composer for Oingo Boingo. Yeah, so yeah, he definitely. Which is also the initial working title for Nightmare Before Christmas. There you go, Oingo Boingo. <laughs> um, so yeah, but uh, just didn't yeah. have the same ring to it. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, but yeah, he definitely does. Uh, well, what I was about to say, you you alluded to this a minute ago. It's funny, the execution of this movie and the narrative of it, like, what I wrote down is, is this a Halloween movie you play at Christmas? Is this right. a Christmas movie you play at Halloween? Right, right, right. Is, is it a tomato? Is it a tomato? <laughs> I don't know. It's probably both. But, right, either, right. but either way, you're going to bring it to a speech and throw it at somebody <laughs> if you don't like what they say. You know, so that, it's just an interesting piece of art from that standpoint sure you know? yeah um mm-hmm. and and to to camp out on the medium for a moment the animation in this is unreal it really is like it's very strong especially considering it's 24 years old you know you look at the things Leica is doing right now uh Coraline Paranorman Kubo there isn't a ton of difference in in execution Right. Does that make sense? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes stop motion as a craft fascinating, mm-hmm. as opposed to like CGI. Like if you go back twenty years and look at CGI now, the, dramatic, it's a dramatic difference. difference yes. From yeah. a, because of advances in technology and that sort of thing. Sure. Um, now you you referenced off pod in terms of talking about stop motion. You know, kind of the the Rudolph that those those old Christmas specials. Sure. Which have a dated quality in terms of just maybe shooting. Right. Even then, you can see the same sort of medium at work. Yeah, it would still look very similar. The fact that they were made in the 60s, uh, a stop motion of that type made today would look very similar. Right. The real pioneer is you go all the way back to Ray Harryhausen sure, in the 30s sure. with King Kong and, you know, Beast of 10,000 Fathoms and all of these other sort of, you right. know, Jason and the Argonauts. That That's the the roots of stop motion sure, animation. Sure, um, But, uh, but yeah, they've, uh, what I love so much about, and I think about this when I think about like Disney animation as well. Like you watch Pinocchio, today mm-hmm, right. Pinocchio was made in the 40s right. you know you watched Pinocchio today and it it doesn't rival computer animation sure. the stuff that Pixar is doing but in terms of like Just 2D visual, animation yeah right. it, it, it the doesn't component is all there absolutely it's a world and I think some of that has to do with just it's it's a a medium uh, that was I don't know I sculpture and paint are not new mediums right and I think that has something to do with it. Like, like, like the computer digitizing it is new. new. Yes. That's a new instrument, but paint and sculpture, which is essentially all you're dealing with when you deal with animation is you're dealing with paint and sculpture. Digitizing that is what has progressed because that was in its infancy because the digital world didn't exist prior to, you know, 30, 40 years ago or so. Um, so Which is almost a little, I'm sorry to cut you off there. It's almost a little like, it does make you a little sad for imagining 20 years from now, digital animation. Like, I think what I'm trying to say is what's lovely about stop motion and even about cell animation is you don't see the strings quite so much to use a Pinocchio reference. Yeah. You, you know, you, yeah. Can, you can look at something from the 40s and something from the 2000s. And yeah. sure, there's a couple of elements that may be different, but it's 
a fully realized world yeah. through the medium they were already using. Whereas Absolutely. CGI, you know, we talked about this in Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you don't get it right, it just looks terrible. Yeah, yeah, and it's glaring. <laughs> and it won't hold up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but but to to drive back over to stop motion, and specifically Nightmare Before Christmas, the visual, the, the character and creature design of this film is unreal. Yes. I, to to uh, flash forward a little bit, I wouldn't say this that I quote unquote love this movie, but mm-hmm. there's a ton I love about it. Like, and and the visuals is, is right up there. I mean, you watch sure. Jack Skellington roam through Halloween Town and Christmas Town. Like, right? It's a marvel. Yeah. And and that iconic, it's on the movie poster. You just pulled it up for us, but that iconic imagery of the kind of curly Q hill yeah. with the moon in the background. Oh like, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. That it's, is a gorgeous image. It's phenomenal. Uh, this is a film to agree and add my own flavor to what you just said. It's not a film that I know that I would say I love. Right. Um, but what's interesting is, I mean, yeah, the the concept, the character designs, the imagery, the execution of it, like everything, every element about it, I love. Mm-hmm. There's just something about the piece as a whole that when I watch it, yeah, you know, I'm it's brief. It's seventy six minutes long, sure. so so it doesn't wear out its welcome. Um, but whenever I watch it, I'm always. This is what I used to say about Nightmare Before Christmas. Is I used to say it was the film that perpetually disappointed me oh, because. Wow. But but here's the thing: is because I would always get so excited to watch it, mm-hmm. super thrilled, and then I would watch it and be like, "Oh yeah, I you know sitting and watching it is not as impactful for me." Sure. But then. You get Halloween again, and I'm like, ooh, right. I want to watch Nightmare Before Christmas. And to a degree, I had a similar experience in this rewatch. I watched it with my son, and and I was sitting there, and, I, and it was the same thing. Like, I love, I love the imagery. I like right. the songs. Right. I like, they, like, there's everything about it. It's the, it's the melding of my two favorite holidays. Sure, like, I, sure, I mean, sure, I, sure. I love. All of the puzzle pieces are there, and I wonder if it's almost just the weight or burden of expectation. I don't know. I don't quite right. get it. But there's a. Um, I do know one thing is, wall to wall musicals can frequently be, you know, not my favorite genre. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that plays an element. But but you know, I don't want to get too much into the weeds on on those. Well, I mean, I feel like but. I feel like that's in likes dislikes, and it and opens that door. So what is interesting to me, we 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 on this show talk about horror movies generally and many of those are inaccessible to our kids yes um the the first one we ever talked about that i felt comfortable with my kids watching was Jurassic park we watched that together well in a strange way and my kids for a number of years were were easily frightened by kind of scary imagery and stuff but never got spooked by nightmare before christmas yeah, and so, I don't totally get it because it's yeah. gross. Well, yeah, and my son too. My son is going through a phase right now where, you know, uh, he he is really scared. Like around Halloween, it was awful going into stores and stuff like that. He would have panic attacks hmm. walking down the aisles and stuff like that. And so, so it was it was one of those things where he was going through a phase that was really traumatizing for him. Fear factor. He loved. Nightmare yeah, Before Christmas, yeah. and and didn't have any trepidation to watch it. Sat there and watched the whole thing. Loved right, it. Right. Loved it. Well, and and to that point, like one, it's cool to be able to you know engage in that kind of genre material with your kid. But two, 
you were just talking about identifying elements of the movie, maybe the whole itself not working together. For us, you asked the question a minute ago of what signifies the start of Christmas or, or what once this thing happens. For us, right now, and at, for at least a couple of years ahead of us, uh, school drop-offs with This Is Halloween as the soundtrack mm-hmm. is our... Okay, October's here. It's going right. to be... Here, right. here we go. Halloween's here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's... it's. I love a couple of those tracks. Um, they get routine play in our home. Um, my, just the other day, it was really lovely. We had... What's this? Oh, yes. Uh, which yes. is a great track. And I turn it way up. And I don't know if you have this feeling with your kid, but with my children... You know how like you you want them to find their expressiveness while not calling attention to it because then maybe sure, they'll get self conscious right. about it and they won't do it. Right, right. So things like singing in the car, mm. like uh, with what's this specifically? I turned it way up and I will sing real boisterously to try sure, to yeah. show them, hey, this is cool and it's okay. Right, right. Well, my oldest one, um, you know, when that song uh, punctuates real forcefully towards the end with the what is this? Right, I mean, yeah. she is kind of yelling it uh, I mean, it was just this awesome. really fun kind of experience and sure and that's then it was awesome like and then i just i just turned it right back on oh, you know yeah, so that we could kind of have that experience again so it's of course I, again I, like you i don't know that i could say here's the thing i don't like it, exactly. it's just not really it's something not there to, yeah right, um, right as a whole it's like okay but mm-hmm. the, the pieces of it are so fun to engage absolutely and yeah. are so worthwhile um from both the music and the imagery uh, that it's really strong. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Now, uh, d- unless you had a few more likes, dislikes, uh, the the one thing that I will say for our normal conversation, it, this is unquestionably a we, we've talked through the entire Scary Burton Christmas series. Like, you know, our show is about the intersection of faith and the horror genre. Are we fudging the numbers here a little bit with, or fudging the boundaries with Edward Scissorhands? Are we fudging it with Batman Returns? This one is one that I don't think anybody would balk at. Right. Um, this is one that is unquestionably like, I mean, it's Halloween Town and all right, of that right, gruesomeness. Right. That having been said, Nathan, I don't have one scare written down. I mean, like, I, I, I could maybe make a case for the general character of Oogie Boogie. But but I don't have like it's not scary at all. You know it's funny. This just came to me. Um, you and I a couple of months ago went to Halloween Horror Nights at. I'm sorry um, again. <laughs> you'll be saying that for a long time to come. Until next year. <laughs> no. um, like, can you imagine a maze of Halloween Town? That'd be so fun. That would be, be a amazing. blast. That would be a blast. Um, with how well they do up some of that stuff. I mean, it's not a maze, but they, you know, they kind of try to do that with, with at Disneyland with Haunted Mansion because they deck it out as sure. Nightmare Before Christmas. But yeah, it's not a maze. Yeah. You know, like it, it's still right. nothing jumps out at you or, or, or anything like that. But but yeah, I mean, they deck it all out to where you see an animatronic Jack and, and it's... I mean, that part is just fantastic. My dumb kids. So, uh. so we went at Halloween time uh, in 2016 and went to Mickey's party. I tried to coax them into Haunted Mansion, and we got it. For anyone who's been on Haunted Mansion before, it's got this main entryway that's got, it's not interactive, but it's part of the attraction. Sure. Like, like right. you're in it. it. In their defense, it gets pitch black. The room moves a little bit. Yeah. There's yeah. some scary imagery, and they freaked they freaked just period yes, <laughs> so i was about yes. to walk into some bad language but they freaked out we had to leave 
uh, find the exit. Um, so I haven't actually seen oh, Haunted Mansion. Oh, I'm sorry. Like yeah. for Christmas. Um, You've seen the Haunted Mansion ride before, right? Yeah, it's been a while. But, uh, there's a yeah. scene where you cross this little curve and there's a caretaker standing there with, you know, like okay. shivering with yeah, that lamp. Yeah. Well, in the place of that, in the Nightmare Before Christmas version is a probably eight foot Jack Skellington standing there oh, and, wow. he's, and he's animatronic and That's it's not awesome. it's not an actor it's sure. the you know it's an animatronic thing and it looks phenomenal it looks straight out of the cartoon That's cool. uh, that bony uh, frame and the mouth and it's it, it's wonderful yeah it's really um, wonderful I think if if I would say anything for scares it might be twofold I mean just it uh, it doesn't scare me but the no really it doesn't <laughs> really, I'm not scared. I don't have nightmares and I'm cry not, about it. I'm not, don't touch me. Right, right, right. But a lot of the imagery is just really freaky. Sure. You know, sure, I think about yeah. the guy with the axe in his head. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I was watching this with my kids for the rewatch, and I'm like, that's pretty. That's pretty gross, you know? <laughs> like, what are they thinking of this imagery? It, Although, well, let me finish that thought. Um, Oogie Boogie coming apart. Is pretty yeah with the bugs pretty and everything. Sure, when you have an right, aversion right, right. to creepy crawlies like I do, yeah, like, that's just yeah. Uh, yeah. I get it. I get it. I do like, and this will bridge likes and scares, but not just as clearly a fan of genre material, but I like, I like the notion that I can introduce my kids to this material in a way that feels like you can kind of. Uh, I'll need your help nuancing this. Okay. What I was about to say is you can engage the darkness. That's not what I mean on a like oh, spiritual Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, level. no, of course. But of in course. the sense of you, you don't have to be afraid. Yeah, stuff that is questionable for their, you know, night nighttime or their dreams or their imagination and stuff like that. Some th- stuff that you want to be a little bit protective of their imagination. Um, this is not something that you really have to worry right. almost at all sure. about sure. engaging with, you know, because it is cartoonish and it is lighthearted fair. The songs help, right. you know, yeah, right. lots of stuff like that. Well, and, and to counterpoint that with, so one of my kids is in fourth grade and there's this, have you heard of this, like, Five Nights at Freddy's or something? Yes, and unfortunately, my my son knows all about it. I don't know. I didn't know it. anything about it, and she comes home talking about it one day, and I go, initially, I'm like, oh, okay. What is Maybe that? this right, is something right, right. kind of interesting. I go looking, I'm like, this is disgusting and oh, awful. Yeah, yeah. And I so haven't played I think, it or looked deeply yeah, into it. But. I, I think this is what I'm saying is Nightmare Before Christmas feels like a, a good entry point of more, more about imagination. Yeah. More about exploration and, sure. and discovery as opposed to that which feels you just some somebody somewhere just said oh this the kids will love this gross creepy stuff right right you know yeah. just doesn't have the same kind of vibe to it yeah, um, but yeah in terms of scares you know my the, the thing i if i ever avert my eyes and i don't come on i'm an adult i don't avert my eyes from these things i'm not scared of anything there's not podcasts previous <laughs> or with you on record saying i didn't watch it <laughs> Right, right, right. But but Oogie Boogie's unraveling is is pretty pretty creepy. Yeah. Um, so so moving past that, and and I know it's like we normally camp out on scares for a while, but I mean this is Nightmare Before Christmas. There's there's not a lot to camp out on. But one thing that I will say that struck me particularly when when I was kind of mentally preparing to talk about it on this show, I was trying to wrap my head around uh, what sort of approach to take with it. What what really is the the substance that you could harvest from from what they're doing here and i really began to focus in on the character of jack who is a good-hearted character 
he's a good you know he's the pumpkin king so he's got this macabre uh, element to him by design but he's restless and and he's listless and he's not satisfied with the monotony of what is around him so stumbles into these different you know this grove of holiday portals as mm-hmm. it were and when he discovers christmas so first of all one thing i will say it probably should have gone in likes dislikes but i do love the glee with which he embraces you know the what is this song you know mm-hmm. like the, like mm-hmm. the, the gleeful abandon christmas of town? yeah the the magic that he gets swept up sure. in that's that's it's delightful to watch like oh this you know this this is a whole a whole new world to quote another disney song so this is something that you know is is just uh, a plenty for me to engage with right and then he comes back and he proselytizes for christmas town to to everybody at halloween town and everything and he tries to dissect it he tries to understand it even isolates himself in the process of sort of obsessing over this and then he comes to he comes to a line that i find interesting because he says just because i can't see it doesn't mean i can't believe it which is a you know you could go all kinds sure, of places sure. with faith around that but one of the things that i find fascinating is he wants to improve christmas so he's kind of like, hey, I can do that and I can do it better. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, I'm going to bring my own flavor to this. And one of the things that struck me is, I mean, it, it's going to be no mystery to anybody else, the phenomenon of the grass greener on the other side. But I do find in life circles, but I also find it in faith circles as well, the whole, oh, I, I want what they have. I'm not talking specifically about coveting mm-hmm. I'm, right. not, I'm sure. not talking sure. about like oh i want that you know uh, we want something akin to that right you know like oh i wish i was in that station in life i wish I, I had that thing and so we feel or have a tendency to feel very restrained and restricted in our own existing station mm-hmm. and longing to look past that to something beyond right, you know right. what is this and and then what's interesting to me about this story is jack gets all of the components right we talked we talked um in our extensive conversation on stranger things mm-hmm. we talked season about one season, season one two? season one okay so we we talked about how that uh we i can't remember if you said it or i said it I think, I think I said it, but the encouragement towards creatives of just because somebody is doing another thing doesn't mean you can't do it. Mm-hmm. So because it, because right. you've never done it. And, right, yeah, right, exactly. Right. Because you've never done it before. So you're going to have the particular flavor to it. Um, so continue to pursue those creative outlets. Don't be discouraged by the fact that you're doing something similar to what other people are doing. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a converse here, too, because it, what's interesting about Nightmare Before Christmas is... What Jack is not taking into consideration is his own uniqueness. Mm -hmm. Whereas way back when we talked about Stranger Things, it's this idea of your uniqueness should encourage you to continue to pursue these endeavors because you're adding your specific flavor voice Mm -hmm. to this material. But uh, Jack is in a situation where he wants to do Christmas but 
is not really taking into like I love the moment. It's 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 a trailer moment and it's probably my favorite moment in the whole movie is what did Santa bring you, honey? And then he pulls out a shrunken <laughs> right, head. Right, right. You know, like it's such a pitch perfect example. That kid is so ungrateful. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So but the notion of like Jack's not taking into account like, holy crap, this is not this is not my wheelhouse. Right, right, right. This is not what I can do. And that's kind of what I'm stumbling around trying to get to is this notion of this is not something about which or in which I can thrive. This is, you know, holiday. I have a holiday. Like talking mm-hmm. from Jack's perspective, right, right, there's, right. A, there's a holiday that I do and that I can do better than anybody else. Sure, sure. But that's not enough. I want to be able to do this new thing, this other mm-hmm. holiday thing. Right. And so here's what here's where I want to be a little careful is I don't want to for the listeners to think that I'm advocating complacency or that I'm advocating like, hey, just stick with what you know and don't try sure, to grow, sure. don't try to expand, don't try to push the boundaries. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I am saying is when we get to a point to where we're desperate to be somebody else because we're tired of being who we are, mm-hmm. that is folly. And that is something that we would be from a much healthier perspective to just embrace our own uniqueness, our own unique qualities like Burton, at least for a majority of his films, seems to have done. Um, like, hey, this is the this is the kind of art I make. This is the sure, kind of thing sure. that I do. Um, we have a tendency to, whether we like it or not, we have a tendency to want to conform. We have a tendency. So, uh, in I want to have a family like this family has. How did you do it? What's your secret to marriage? What's your secret to long life? What's your secret to relationship with God? What's your secret to this? What's your secret to that? And we have a tendency to want to follow and to adopt the patterns that we see before us because of a lack of contentment in our own unique individual personhood. Sure, sure. And so that's what Nightmare Before Christmas really spoke to me this time around is in uh, the, the fact of Jack learns a valuable lesson about contentment with where he is. It's one, I'll say this, and then I'll bounce to you for some further thoughts. So one of the criticisms hurled against another perennial Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life, one of the criticisms hurled against that is they think that the movie... I do not understand this, by the way. These, this is a, what I'm about to say is a criticism I have heard multiple places, and I do not understand it. I do not think they watched the same movie that I watch. But there's a criticism that says it's just advocating, hey, don't dream, don't have ambitions, just stay in your station and and sit down, shut up, be happy, and and that's it. I couldn't disagree more with that assessment of It's a Wonderful Life. Mm -hmm. And I've heard... Uh, you know, because it's usually been through podcasts, I've heard arguments that I can't debate with. So I've heard sure, fully, sure, sure. fully formed out arguments. I've listened to them. I don't understand, you know, that. Because to me, It's a Wonderful Life, and I'll tie this back to Nightmare in a second. It's a Wonderful Life is a love letter to contentment, to the value of, hey, right. appreciate and recognize that you are important right, and right. that you do play a role that you that sure. you do matter right, right. that what you do and what you contribute even though you know the situation in it's a wonderful life is that 
George Bailey wants to be important. He wants to see the world. He wants to travel. He wants to matter. And so he reaches his later part of his life with all these darn kids, as he says, and he feels discontented and feels like, I don't matter. I'm nothing. And that's why he wants to kill himself. And in that situation, It's a Wonderful Life is about recognizing like, hey, no, you matter. Right, right, right. You are, you right. are important. You have value. And taking a slightly different approach... Nightmare Before Christmas, I kind of get the same thing. Like, obviously, it's more fanciful, whimsical, sure, sure. all of those kind of things. But Jack is very restless at the beginning and does not want to you know, stay stagnant in his right, station. He right. wants to, to move beyond that. And I don't think it's a matter of he just wants to take his uniqueness and grow individually. He wants to be somebody else. Right. He wants to be Sandy Claus, mm-hmm. as it is. And that's not who he is. That's not how he's designed. That's not his unique contribution to this poetry of of these fanciful worlds. Sure, you know, and uh, so to to scale back, shut up, and let you uh, uh, finally you know bounce back on some of these ideas. I just that was one of the biggest things that I took away from this viewing is that idea of learning to combat the lie that we have to be anybody other than our own unique self and our own unique personhood and that our own unique personhood is not valuable unless it is this other thing unless unless we adopt the christmas town persona so that was what i well and to to uh, um accentuate what you're saying with some of your previous words that weren't on a podcast and then direct a little bit of thematic stuff i i drew from it too but you said off pod after our Edward Scissorhands conversation a couple of weeks ago how you wished you'd remembered to say, and so I'm going to say it for you mm. on your behalf, about how the thematic resolution of Edward Scissorhands is not quite complete without recognizing at the end of the movie, Snow is by virtue of him. You know, yes. like he, he does find a purpose and, yeah. and a purpose that was already always available to him, yeah. just had not quite realized, and so, or not quite. Mm, properly assessed or sure. given esteem in his own sort of experience. I think you'd probably echo similarly with Jack that sort of restlessness. Uh, you know, he does find by the end of the film the purpose that was always available to him. Right. You know, yeah. which is to be the Pumpkin King. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could remember the actual line that he sings to Sally at the end because I, if memory serves, it is something akin to it was here all along like i'm like yeah, i'm yeah, recognizing yeah. what yeah. was here all along I, I i can't remember the exact line maybe i should look it up but but uh the, yes that is exactly what he comes back to is is recognizing that it's funny uh in a way that gremlins didn't this gremlins last year that is um this movie kind of lodged in me a little bit so i referenced this just 30 minutes ago or whenever we started of my work uh, producing this piece of theater that I have done for many years now. Well, because of that, I just think about Christmas a lot. Like I just, I don't get it. I don't get much right. I feel in the sort of uh, uh, spiritual life a lot of the year. Somehow, if I can say quote unquote, I get it right. I, I, I marinate a lot in just sort of the the Christmas narrative because of the work I do. Yeah, sure. Well, and so in the spirit of that, like. Nightmare Before Christmas really, again, even in saying it, it's like, well, why don't you love the movie? Okay, well, yeah, we've talked about that. You know, <laughs> just, just go with this notion here. Um, and it sort of doesn't encapsulate all of the all of the plot beats, but 
I think this time around, I became so enraptured with Jack's wonder at Christmas. Ah, mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to use, uh, someone would say, oh, it's the commercial Christmas. I don't care that you think that. <laughs> I'm going to use what we as followers of Jesus ascribe in terms of the gravity and, you know, notion of Christmas and say what you want about Santa. He's rooted in St. Nicholas, who was himself uh, a follower of Jesus. And, you know, and ex- <laughs> this is all expressions of a similar thing. Right. Is what I'm trying to say in shorthand or in long form. Um, so it doesn't bother me to apply a more strict Jesus version of Christmas into this story. And so uh, in, in a way that perhaps sometimes artists don't even intend for their work to speak this particular pattern or this particular language, there is something, dare I say, holy about the idea of even the most grotesque and dark among us ultimately discovering the wonder of Christmas and being yeah. drawn yeah. and allured to buy it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and this particular viewing, I was so struck by Jack working out trying to work out this equation of Christmas. Oh, right, right, right. Because I'm like, in that room. Yeah, because yeah. I'm like, that's perfect, because you can't. <laughs> right, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I don't know, I just, as, as I've marinated on since watching it, thinking through this idea, like, that, that this isn't specifically what Scripture's referring to, but that, that every knee will bow kind of idea that sounds a bit more authoritarian. What I'm trying to say is all things are drawn to and swallowed up in the manger. Mm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And even the things we would look at and say, well, you've got an ax in your head. (laughs) You know, all all things will be drawn (laughs) to and, and and swallowed up in the manger. Yeah. Um, Sort of tangentially, but I referenced reading this Beekner book. And, and I just, if anyone follows me on Twitter, I posted this recently. It's a quote from it where he says, it seems to me the whole world is a manger, the whole bloody mess of it, where God is being born again and again and again and again. Mm. And I just, I love that imagery. You know, it seems to me the whole world is a manger. We're all there. Yeah. We're all right. drawn up. We're all drawn to it. We're all in wonder of it. Right. We're all swallowed up in it. Sure. And, and we are all of us changed by it. Right. Even, even those who may not know they are yet. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I don't know. I was just really, I was really drawn to that idea this time around how, cause you know, in the question of, is this a Halloween movie that celebrates Christmas or a Christmas movie that celebrates Halloween? These characters are attracted to Christmas. Yes. Like it, the, the movie leans that direction, mm-hmm. you know? And I just think that's a really powerful, powerful image that, that I don't know, just stood out to me in a, in a, in a really profound way this time around. I don't know sure. If that resonates with you at all. But. Oh, it, yeah, it definitely does. So uh, maybe this is a good time to bring in the scripture that I had uh, thought for this because I, I wanted to express something or wanted to bring in something of the, the specific uniqueness, the, the individualized nature of. God's craftsmanship and to what you've been articulating about Christmas, the incarnational nature of 
thoughts and feelings surrounding this holiday. Mm-hmm. The uh, constantly being drawn back to the manger. Uh, I'll say before I read the scripture that you know Christ could have chosen to. I mean, he could have chosen to come out as a man and not go the way he went or go some other route. Um, but he came as a as a baby. It went through the process. Um, came as a little baby in the manger. Um, and I think about Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. It says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. Hmm. And one of the things that I loved about uh, bringing in this scripture here is the, the fearfully hmm. and wonderfully. Mm-hmm. The, the nightmare before Christmas. Right. You know, like there is a... That, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm clever in my own mind. Um, but this notion of, yeah, you were, you were knit together with specificity and with care. And there's gravity to it. There's a, uh, there is a um, sort of a, a consequential element. You, you, as a human being, are to a degree dangerous and to a degree capable of producing chaos, but also capable of doing tremendous good right. and capable right. of, of doing all of those things. You are, you are fearfully and you're wonderfully made. There is you know, the, the, the potential for either. And so what is, what is really fascinating looking at this film at this time period, it is, it is a moment for me individually to pause, take a step back, and reflect that in as much as I recognize I have to actively follow after the gospel and, and take up my own cross and follow that example. I love your Beekner quote that, that all the essentially all the world's a manger and uh, that Christ himself had a starting point that I, I too had. Sure. That there was a this intention, this specificity, and this design that that I'm now carrying through and, and going through that process and remembering when I feel like I wish I was someone else and remembering when I feel like I wish I had what someone else had or could do what someone else can do, mm-hmm. taking a step back and not despising that and not... Uh, and and no longer saying of myself, well, I have no verse to contribute. I have no uh, note to play in this grand right, symphony right. of what's happening. That I have that I have no place in this kingdom because that's not that's, that's not true. Mm-hmm. And the more that you know, uh, I also think about. Uh, I don't have the scripture pulled in front of me, but I'll say this, and and maybe we can wind down that. Uh, the passage at the end of the Gospel of John, which is a big deal to me, this entire passage, because it's while Jesus is talking to Peter following his betrayal, his three-time denial, and Jesus says to Peter, feed my sheep, you know, he says it to him three times, and and then he says to him, and I I can't quote the words quite verbatim, but he basically says to him, a a day is coming when someone's going to put clothes on you you don't want to wear and carry you to a place you don't want to go. And the scripture even calls out that he's talking about Peter's death. But what's interesting to me about the scripture is that then, in an almost 
blink-and-you-miss-it-humorous fashion, the scripture then calls out that John is eavesdropping on their conversation. Mm. And when he's eavesdropping on their conversation, Peter then, speaking to Jesus, points out John's eavesdropping and says, well, what about him? Well, what about, what about this guy? And Jesus says to him, if I choose to let him remain until I return, what is that to you? Right. And so taking that story in total, it is one of these things, I'll, I'll, repeat this, I'll repeat this statement that was prayed over me many years ago now at this point. A minister, a friend prayed over me, it doesn't matter what Jesus would do. It does not matter what other followers of Jesus would do. What matters is, what does Jesus want you to do? Mm-hmm. And that level of obedience and specificity and unique relationship of submission and of following and of saying, okay, what what is my part to play sure, in sure. this thing? And following that and embracing that and not despising that you don't have a different one to play. Right. Not despising that continuing the wonder at Christmas Town, but letting Christmas Town be Christmas Town. Sure. Continuing the marvel of isn't that glorious while then remaining home and centered and sure. you know, this is this is the the element that I bring, this is the calling, this is the purpose, this is the design that I was given. So I just you know, I, I this episode is probably a little briefer than we normally have been going, but I just want us to, to give a word of encouragement to anybody who's feeling discontented and feeling like you like you don't have a place right now or that you don't have anything to substantially contribute uh it's simply not true you matter watch it's a wonderful life watch nightmare before christmas and consider in both stories told in very different ways obviously but consider in both stories that you matter right and how you are framed matters and how you were designed and the gifts and the talents that you were given they matter they matter maybe beyond what you recognize, maybe mm-hmm. beyond what you will ever be able to calculate, but you matter. Sure. And, and do not strive to be other than who you are. Right. Do not strive to be uh, other than how you were designed. Know that the Lord loves you. Know that you were fearfully and wonderfully made and rest in the, the comfort and the hope of that knowledge. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Nathan. Um, so, uh, unless you had anything burning more to say, then uh, we'll we'll end it there and uh, just remind everyone that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but it is not the end of the conversation. Now, before we go into our social media cues, we've got to do a brief little stint with our other favorite uh, Halloween friend. It's very appropriate that Ms. David S. Pumpkins Mr. David S. Jack Skellington. Being invoked uh, <laughs> alongside the Pumpkin King. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, yeah, our, our normal uh, habit of, of, of rating our films uh, by numbers of David S. Pumpkins in the categories of style, scares, and substance. Um, for Nightmare Before Christmas, in the vein of style, this is going to sound maybe contrary, but we, I at least, often will interpret style as liking, but even just the word style and did you like it? I'm going to give a four. I just right, yeah. like a lot about the movie. There's a yeah, lot sure. to really appreciate there. Yeah. What about you? I'm in the same boat. I, I, really? I think I think four is exactly the number. Like I said, I can't put my finger on why it doesn't quite hit the enamored love that I, that I would love to show for it for other things because I can't complain about anything. Right. I think it all works really, yeah. really well. Uh, so yeah, four for me. Now, 
as we've already mentioned, I mean, in scares, this is this is likely to be the lowest scare rating I have ever given to any film that we've ever done. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a one for scares because even though I think it is gleefully and delightfully animated and it does have some wonderful Halloween imagery, I mean, my son right now who can, like, he could not walk down the aisle of some of the stuff for Halloween, mm-hmm. like just plastic little thing, could not even walk down the aisle, loved this movie. Mm-hmm. So its scare factor is is rather low. Um, so that's a one for me. Um, I'm actually going to go to which uh, similar reasoning. I do think the general aesthetic just, you know, it, uh, two may feel a little generous, but it's in part because of just that general aesthetic and I hate bugs. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, And what would you say for substance? Um, I gave it a three. A three, you know, yeah. I, I do think anytime you're invoking a conversation about holidays, whether it is from a commercial standpoint or not, you're at least scratching at some interesting conversations. Sure. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, I'm slightly higher than that. I'm going to land back at a four for mm. substance, um, because, uh, primarily because that... Uh, that really resonated with me pretty effectively, the the notion of who you are and your place in the overall scheme of things. Um, that really uh, connected with me in, in a great way. So I'll land on a four, which means uh, that we give The Nightmare Before Christmas six out of ten David S. Pumpkins. It's respectable. Yeah. It's fine. It, it probably is. would have been higher if it was a scary film. Because, I mean, fours are solid ratings. But, um, but yeah, so six out of ten, David S. Pumpkins. Uh, but uh, let that not deter you, uh, viewers and listeners, because if you've never seen this film... It's definitely worth watching. It's worth seeing. And, uh, you know, make some hot chocolate, bake some cookies, sit around and, and enjoy it, because it's, it's a delight. It's a real delight. A delight for the whole family, I would dare say. So, it's yeah, it's very, very good. Um, and, uh, yeah, as we mentioned a few minutes ago, Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but it is not the end of the conversation. Conversation, and if you'd like to continue the conversation with us, you can do so in a variety of ways. The easiest and best way is through Twitter. Nathan, what's our Twitter handle? Our Twitter handle read is at the fear of God. You can also That's actually a tough phrase to say. <laughs> <laughs> you can also like us on Facebook, follow us there, comment on those posts or, or post there yourself. You can also follow me on Twitter at Reed Lackey. And Nathan, where can they find you on Twitter besides the fear of God? They can find me on Twitter read at at the Nathan Rouse. You can also go to morethanonelesson.com, leave a comment on this post or any of the other posts there. You can also email us, fearofgodpodcast at gmail.com. And last but certainly not least, if you listen to us through iTunes, we would very much appreciate a rating and review. And uh, yes, Nathan. Read. Merry Christmas, buddy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I this can't is just a few. It's here yeah, this already. is just a few days before the before the big day. So, uh, so I hope that your your holiday season. Um, those of you out there, if 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 you are listeners to us and you don't celebrate Christmas, then happy whatever holiday you yeah. have. And uh, for for the rest of our listeners, then a very merry Christmas. I hope uh, your time with your family is blessed and that it is uh, enjoyable, that it is relaxing and refreshing, and that uh, sincerely uh, you would take this opportunity to. To reflect on the wonder and the magic of Christmas and what it means for who we are and how we can be in the world around us and and the hope that exists there. So, and we've uh, we've referenced it before. We won't directly spoil it, but let's just say that next week on Tuesday, a week from now, just say our name three times, and you'll get a nice new podcast <laughs> with a fun 
bit of subject matter. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, until then, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we'll see you then. See you guys. everybody and a happy new year what's this what's this there's color everywhere what's this there's white things in the air what's this i can't believe my eyes i must be dreaming wake up jack this isn't fair what's this what's this what's this there's something very wrong what's this People singing songs. What's this? The streets are lined with little creatures laughing. Everybody seems so happy. Have I possibly gone daffy? What is this? What's this? There's children throwing snowballs instead of throwing heads. They're busy building toys and absolutely no one's dead. There's frost in every window. Oh, I can't believe my eyes. And in my bones I feel the warmth that's coming from inside. What's this? The monsters are all missing and the nightmares can't be found And in their place there seems to be good feeling all around Instead of screams I swear I can hear music in the air The smell of cakes and pies are absolutely everywhere The sights, the sounds, they're everywhere and all around I've never felt so good before This empty place inside of me is filling up I simply cannot get enough I want it, oh I want it, oh I want it for my own I've got to know, I've got to know what is this place that I have found What? Christmas time? Hmm. Ho, 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 ho.